2: Chumba ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Ramblers, let's get rambling.
1: Welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, episode 611 of my podcast, The Home of Intelligent Rambling, right here on the TalkShoe Network, and one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. I'm your host, Russ Hale. i A terrific show lined up for you today, and a lot to talk about, because, you know, the world is crazy. Before we get into what is going on today, didn't want to talk about what's going on in the world. And that is a few few crazy things that have been happening since the last episode. One, big announcement, unless you're living under a rock, and you know, most people don't. Uh it looks like that um the 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 what one of the movies I was, you know, I've been looking forward to the whole dang year. Wonder Woman 1984, the the last bastion of hope for theaters that are still open in the world. Got a major announcement this week and and this past week, uh, since before I recorded. And that is, it is still for all the theaters that are out there, Ramblers, for all the ones that are still existing, it is still gonna come out. So if your theater is open and you're not in any kind of lockdown, yes, you can go see one woman on Christmas Day at a theater near you. That's still going. I had worried that was going to take away, but in addition to that, and this, my friends, is a big, big game changer. A lot of wheels of motion in Hollywood this past week. (laughs) Big game game changer here is that in addition to the theatrical release, which they're still going for because the director, Patty Jenkins, was very adamant that this be released in the theater. In at the same time, the same time this movie is coming out in theaters Christmas Day, it is also being released on hbo max for free yes all my american ramblers out there you if you have a subscription to that service you will be able to watch that movie for free on hbo max now what does that mean for the rest of us uh, uh, folks in the world well unfortunately hbo max is only available in the u.s Right now. So, uh, all us other people, unless you are lucky enough to live in the part of the world where a theater is open, you, unfortunately, are going to have to wait to see that movie. Now, in this past week, there has been talk that the the Warner, and, and if there's an update on this, I'll let you guys know, that they may be looking at other ways to get this out to people who, you know, one, don't have a theater open to them, and two... Don't live in the States and have HBO to, 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 you know, give this movie as much exposure as possible. But for as time of this recording, it isn't looking good. Now, up until recently, the, the theater in where I live in the Niagara region, Welland, was open for business. But unfortunately, glued to the ongoing global pandemic, the, the things have changed. And a good chunk of my lovely province, Ontario, is in lockdown for a month. And that means a lot of theaters have been close to shutter for 28 days or so, and that includes running into Christmas Day. So, uh, as the time is recording, I that, my option to see it in the town I live in is... Off the table. I did check the website a day or two ago before doing this recording, and yeah, as of now, my local theater is shut down. It is not open for business, and I'm not going to hold my breath that it will be December 25th. Now, as I've said before, Ramblers, this is the one movie. I would be tempted to go out and see because I have a friend of my, a friend of the, my wife and ours, last Christmas gave me, um, gave me like a a card to see movies for free. And I haven't been able to use it all stinking year. I, I, I got it back last December and I was holding off, you know, until the big summer movie season season, but as of March that didn't happen. So I, I've never, I haven't got yet to use it. and, and, (laughs) <laughs> and It's looking like I, I won't be able to use it until next year, and this may be a whole. This may be a first Ramblers for me. I may go a whole year without at least seeing one one movie in a theater. I I generally try to make an effort to see one or two last few years. It's I I don't have the time and money like I used to, but certain tentpole ones I try to see, and and. Yeah, this may this may not happen this year, and and I guarantee you, much like Tenant, it's only going to be available in the theaters for a limited amount of time. Then it will eventually hit video. Uh, Tenant is coming out on video, home video next month. I have put my request in for that title, and if I do get it, absolutely, Ramblers, I will review it on the show. But. Yeah, that if that happens, then then more than likely you won't hear a review from me. Probably well until I don't know January, February next year when it hits home video. If I don't get a chance to see it in the theater, so that's the update on that. And in accordance to that, and you gotta love studios now. So Warner Brothers does this. So in response to that, Disney is now uh, releasing the movie Soul on the same day directly on to Disney Plus without any extra charge. And uh, the movie Monster Hunter is now is now moved to December 25th in theaters as well. So it, they're giving you another choice if you want to go see that. So here's all the studios kind of jockeying. And to me, Ramblers, this, <laughs> this, my friends, is a game changer. This, I don't know, uh, you know this is really going to change how movies get distributed. It really depends on how well this does. If this gets released in theaters and it does a colossal amount of business for the ones that are allowed to be open, then that's going to send a message that, you know, theaters aren't dead. You know, that there's still life there. But if this makes... If if HBO Max gets a ton of subscribers because of this move i I don't know I don't know the theater the, the the future of theatrical releases i i you know I've been seeing movies and theaters my whole life and and I don't want it to end. I really don't It'd be a sad day um so so we'll see uh how it does uh it's it's gonna change a lot of things when it comes to that so that that's the up that's the outbreak update when it comes to that. News that's pretty big. I've been waiting all week to talk about this. Uh so so we'll see. Um, preferably, I I would love to see it in the th- as, as a theater. I I, you know, I'd go. I I wear a mask. I'd be really cautious. I may wear gloves just to see it. But I I'm an neck of the chance, and 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 you know, I'm I'm obeying the rules. on I am not even if it opens in a theater that is a, a drive from me. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna stay within my region, and 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 I won't go. I'm following the rules. I won't go as much as it will irritate me. I I'll stay in my region. So <laughs> that's that's the update on that. uh if for some G, you know, I do in December. I, of course, you guys will be the first to hear a review from me. Um, but but we'll see. Uh, Comes that. Let's get on with what's on the show today. Coming up on the. This- week's regular episode. Coming up on the show today, we are gonna dip back into cartoon past with the brand new Blu-ray review of Josie and the Pussy Cats. The complete series on Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks of Warner Brothers archive. Our Warner Archive. So love that. Then we're gonna, gonna keep a bit of a female theme today. It's just the way it kind of worked out, and we're gonna uh, skip. Uh, and then we're gonna go back in the back in the past even further with my digital review of Mulan, the new the live theatrical release that came out. Well, actually, no, the the release that came out originally, <laughs> on, on 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 BVOD on Disney Plus, and now is available for you guys physically. Uh, finally has come out for you to buy retail wise i wasn't unfortunately able to get the the physical copy as as the time of this recording but the nice folks at walt disney studios home entertainment did provide me with a digital uh digital copy of the mo- that live action movie and i will have that review for you on this very show speaking of of, of powerful ladies we're going to continue with that this week and go back and pass even further with my DVD review of the Catherine the Great, HBO Catherine the Great miniseries, again, courtesy of Warner Archive, starring the great Helen Mirren in in quite the historical drama. And then uh, we're going to wrap up the, the video reviews with a, a movie that which I, again, a movie which I thought... I I was I was giving hope this movie would ever see the light of day and you will get my di- my digital review again it is out on hard copy but I wasn't able to get one but the race folks at uh, Walt Disney Home, St- Home Studios Entertainment did send me the digital copy of New Mutants the last Fox produced X-Men movie there ever has been it it got delayed so many times and I finally jeez after months of hearing about this movie got a chance to check it out and review it, and I'll have you re- today in the show. And if that wasn't enough on this really big shoe, uh, sleeping with the kind of Marvel superhero theme, I will give you my book review of the Marvel, Marvel uh, Greatest Comics, 100 Comics That Built a Universe, first, first, courtesy of DK Books. So that's all on this episode of the show, a jam-packed show. And, of course, as always, stay tuned to the end of the show. I have a very, you know, important announcement of what's coming up later on this week on a special edition of Ramble Extra, and, of course, what's coming up in future reviews on this very program. So keep listening. Let's get to a quick little musical interlude, and be right up with the first review of the program. A retro TV show on Blu-ray review for this episode is Josie and the Pussycats: yeah, The Complete Series on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Archive. Now, this is uh, a nice trip back in a memory lane for me. This show aired just in 1970. It was just a 16-episode show. This set appears on two Blu-rays. So they cram all all 16 in two Blu-rays, and and was part of the the the. the the era of Hanna Barbera, where it was Teenage Sluice. Scooby Doo kind of kicked off a huge trend in that. And then after Scooby Doo, we had it was the formula of Teenage Sluice, and then then you had a, an animal sidekick, and they got into funny situations and solved mysteries. That that was kind of the the premise. And from Scooby Doo spawned Josie, also spawned, uh, and 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 before Scooby Doo, there's Goober in the gang. Look that up. It's real. But after Scooby-Doo, there was Josie, then it was Speed Buggy, then there was Captain Caveman. man! And, and, a, <laughs> and a whole bunch of that kind of um, genre. They, they really spun that out, and Ann did as much as possible. In this series, you, you have—it's uh, a big cast for this one, too— your your main cast and and th- uh, you have Josie who is is the I guess lead singer slash guitarist. You have Melody who's the drummer and a bit of a ditz. You have Valerie who is is the, the symbolist, I guess. Uh yeah, she just plays symbols. Very small band. Those are your band members in that. And and, and uh, Valerie is um, everybody else is white and Valerie is African American. Just painting a picture. So so that was that. Then, then from there, the other, the other members of the gang, you had Alan, who is kind of their roadie, who looks, he's very Freddish, but doesn't sound like Fred. And then you have, um, the other two members are Alexander, who, who is, who has the same colors as Shaggy and is voiced by Casey Kasem and is pretty much their manager and sounds like Shaggy and is cowardly like Shaggy, uh, and almost same color coded wardrobe just the hair slightly different. And, and then you have Alexandria who is Alex's sister. And so she kind of tags along and there, and throughout this whole 16 episode series, there's this running gag where both Josie and Alexandria are trying to get the attentions of Alan. Alan clearly prefers Josie, but that doesn't stop Alexandria from trying every which way possible to cozy up to Alan. Also thrown in the mix is a cat named Sebastian, who's black and white, which matches the hairstyle of Alexandria, and he just snickers. He's a non-talking cat. He snickers like Muttley, essentially, throughout the series. So, in the 16-episode series, I, it shares a lot with Scooby-Doo. A lot of the voice actors, like the villains, you could, you know, you hear them. They're from Scooby-Doo. The 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 incidental music, not all of it, but a good chunk of it is shared from Scooby-Doo. Uh, like Scooby-Doo, there are songs in this, but it's the band playing it, not, you know, happy is a secret that I'm telling. So it's, it's more female-orientated when it comes to that. <laughs> the villains in this are crazy. You have, like, Captain Nemo, which I guarantee was voiced by Scooby-Doo villain, in this. And then the other ones are just a motley crew of mad scientists and people with secret bases and stuff. In it, uh, you also have some interesting. I don't know if they meant this. Homages to other characters. At one point, uh, I said Captain Emo, You also have um, you also have uh, uh, a villain, Mister X, who is essentially the Invisible Man in this one, and and you have um, some henchmen uh, from another villain who look like the Phantom. You know, as in the Phantom 2040, as in the Phantom played by Billy Zane a while back. Purple outfit, black domino mask, black belt. He, they look, I guarantee you guys, when you watch this, it's the bloody Phantom. I don't know how, it's like the Phantom moves out of shape. And he's a henchman, a bunch of henchmen. They, I swear, you <laughs> look at them and you go, okie dokie. The, the plot's... It's very Scooby-Doo. It's it's, it's very <laughs> the, the 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 physics or cartoon physics. Uh, Valerie is the smart one. She's the mechanic. She is like bloody MacGyver when it comes to electronics and fix anything. And and Melody is is the ditz. And every time, and they do this for almost every episode. Every time she sees this danger, her ears wiggle. <laughs> It is what it is. It, it's a fun little show. Uh, of course, uh, of course, Hannah Barbera enthusiasts will know that that oh, well, later on in one of the Scooby-Doo new movies where Scooby-Doo and the gang teamed up with a whole bunch of celebrities, there is a Scooby-Doo meets Josie and the Pussycats crossover. Yeah, they they had an episode where they shared a mystery together as well as I believe Scooby-Doo and the gang also did a crossover with Speed Buggy. But I don't think and the Pussycats ever met the Speed Buggy gang. I don't think so. So that's there. So it is, it is, you know, a nice little flashback Uh, for for visual quality. Man, uh, they did a great job cleaning up this Blu-ray. I had a chance also to go back in my own archives because years ago, I remember buying this on DVD. I did. I bought the DVD set for this ages ago. So I was able to find the DVD of it um and 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 compare it and 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 you know thanks again for warner archive for sending me the blu-ray and and they did uh as well uh send me the the dvd of it unintentionally but they did so but i so appreciate it and and i had a chance because my my dvd is buried in a bunch of bins right now (laughs) until the grand shelving happens so I had a chance to look at this and I, I'm thankful they did because it was a good a great mix up because it had me got to compare packaging wise. The the Blu-ray is great. Uh you get both both all 16 episodes on two Blu-rays. Uh but the uh, but the DVD release from back in the day. Uh it, it it's cardboard, has a fold out thing, and they had to split all these episodes on one single sided and then a second double sided DVD, which you don't see too many double sided anymore. Uh, but the, the DVD does feature some really nice artwork ripped from episodes of the show and, and, and that's nice. So if you're more into artwork, there's that. I did compare the DVDs with the Blu-ray picture quality wise. And I'm telling you folks for an upgrade, the Blu-ray is worth it. It it looks so much better. They've cleaned it up. There's less grain. The colors are significantly brighter, uh, on the Blu-ray version Uh, so yeah, I mean, if, if you, if you bought this ages ago, um, then yeah, definitely get the Blu-ray. It's a great upgrade and a really great way to to see this old cartoon. Uh, just like with the DVD, the Blu-ray does come with a really cool extra, which is super short. Uh, and that was made back in 2007. So that's probably around the time I got this DVD ages ago. Surprised I never reviewed this on the show. I tried to look back to my records but I didn't see it, but every wrong rambler was calling me out on it. Look, see if you can find it, but I just one I would have talked about this. Uh, it does come with a really nice little feature. It's only 22 minutes. Um, the irresistible charm of Don DiCarlo, the man and his art, who was the uh, cartoon illustrator for Archie, it was an Archie Comics veteran, and he created and the Pussycats. So it's a great little 22-minute featurette. It, 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 unfortunately, as well as they did a good job cleaning up the, the episodes for Blu-ray, this... Featurette, ugh, it still shows its age from 2007 and they didn't want to clean that one up. So it looks a little dated. I warn you, it looks, you know, like it's a 2007 video, but go beyond that it is a great little featurette because this 22 minute end is a nice look into the artist how he created Josie, his, his inspiration, where the character came from, and the people they talk behind the scenes on this little featurette. You, not, you get a bunch of artists and people I've never heard of before, but this 22-minute thing, you get a little interview segments with not only Paul Dini, the, the, one, of the, one of the actually people who contributed to the show. His name is in the credits for some of these episodes. Um, but you also hear, and he must have been young as heck back then, uh, you also hear from him and, 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 you know, and and the inspiration he was, uh, but you also hear from Stan, the manly from 2007. Yeah. I, you you hear Stanley talk about this and Stan is a good chunk of Stan in this. It's really great to see some old vintage Stanley footage from back in the day when, you know, he was still booting around and doing conventions and all that kind of stuff. It's so you get a, A nice little double shot there of Paul Dini and and, and Stanley in the same doco, which is, I mean, that's happened too many times. So that's worth it. I would have liked some more. I would have loved some episode commentary. Something, you know, to add to this Blu-ray to make it, other than the picture quality, a little more of an upgrade to it. I mean, I would have loved some commentary. i like a, a new featurette as well, added with the old one. But it is what it is. Overall, if you're looking for a great little blast into cartoon past, this is fun. Uh it's a fun, it's a fun little show. I'd love to see the reaction of modern day kids to this uh and see what they think of it. It it's a shame it only went for sixteen episodes, but that that was the way it went back in the day. And uh the next one, I'd love to see them. The next one list to me is Speed Buggy or Captain Gabe, man. I'd love to see Blu-rays for those shows. But we'll wait and see. If they do, you know I'm trying to talk about it right here. So, that is my take of... And, oh, and by the way, yes, Ramblers, there was a live-action movie made about the show not that long ago, but it is... <laughs> oh, it has nothing to do with the... Oh, it's, it was like *Gem and the Holograms. It just... It... it That's another discussion for another time. <laughs> not a reflection on the spirit of the show uh so that is my take of um Josie and the Pussycats uh on the the complete series on Blu-ray courtesy of the great folks at Warner Archive digital movie review for this episode is Mulan circa 2020, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment. Now, of course, this is the sequel to the much beloved Mulan movie that originally came out way back in the 1990s, back in 1998. And I remember, you know, going back and seeing that Mulan. I remember seeing that in a theater. It was one of those movies back in the day that I actually took one of my younger sisters to. I used to take her to all kinds of Disney movies when she was young. So it didn't like a dude, an older dude by himself going to see a cartoon. So she was great. I think I I'd probably that with that, like Pocahontas and Aladdin, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, and, and I wanted to, Ramblers, I really wanted to um, watch the original animated Mulan and even the sequel they did, direct to video sequel, before I watched this new live action one just to kind of compare it because I have vague memories of it, but it's not that fresh in my head. Unfortunately, I didn't have time. Just <laughs> time is luxury. I don't always have to watch everything I want to watch. So I didn't. So, um, so just, just going my best. And I, I liked the original one. I thought the original one was, was fun. Had some great songs in it. Uh, Eddie Murphy in the original as Mushu was just hilarious. It was kind of like donkey, his performance there. And and I thought that the original actress who played Mulan, uh, back in the day was she did a great job, like um, Leah Leah Salonga I thought was terrific as that. And back in the day too, you had Donny Osman in the voice work as Shang, the singing voice of Shang. So yeah, and remember, uh, remember folks, back in the day with Disney, they loved like Aladdin, they loved having like. The voice actor is this, but the singing person will be somebody else. (laughs) And they did that all the time. Not so much anymore. And of course, this Mulan, the new one, is the latest, you know, live action redo. We've had, you know, Cinderella. We've had Jungle Book. We've had Lion King. We've had Aladdin. And Little Mermaid is on its way sometime probably next year. So this trend ain't going anywhere anytime soon. And so the original, for what to remember, was very much, you know, a bit of comedy, a bit of singing, a bit of drama. It was a it was a fun movie. And I, I probably will end up watching it again sometime soon. But uh and 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 it and it you know was very well liked for back in the day. Now, keep in mind, uh the the one back in the day did get a little criticism uh, from the character of Mushu. Oh, and also she had uh, a little sidekick cricket named Cricket, and we'll get to that in a bit. But Mushu, the character Mushu, did get a bit of criticism back in the day because a lot of Chinese people felt that it was, you know, it was kind of mocking the whole ancestors thing. And it was too, it was, it was not as respectful as it should have been. So for that reason uh, that I read uh, in this new live action one, they said, they'd, you know, they decided, you know, that didn't get the reception we thought it would. Back, you know, back in the day. And so for the new version, that character, Gonzo, it is gone. There is a spirit, guardian, if you will, in the form of a Phoenix, but it doesn't talk. It's just there. It just shows up, key moments, and no dialogue. And and yeah, if you're wondering, there is a character named Cricket in this, but it's a dude. It's not a little animated, not talking bug, it's a dude the 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 story from the you know this one uh compared to the the original is same in that mulan is still a young girl who who has an amazing ability to fight she's you know she's more capable of fighting but the the culture then is you know you marry off your daughter and then and then and then any you know, sons they go to war and just like in the first in the original animated classic. Um, There's you know wars uh, broken out in China and and all the males of the households are being conscripted into the army to defend the empire, and, and in Mulan's family, it's only her and her sister, and they don't have a son. So so in the animated one, her father, who's you know elderly at this point, not really in his fighting prime, because he doesn't have a son, he he volunteers himself to 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 serve, and Mulan chases after him to, 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 to one, to prove a point that she can do it and to, to, to protect her father. So that's, (laughs) that, that's, that's it. So that's the main part of the animated one is to save her father from, from dying in the army. She goes undercover to do so. Now in the, in the, in the live action one, the, the father, doesn't offer himself to fight. He just says, no, sorry, I don't have anybody for you. And in, in this one, in the live action, Mulan then takes this opportunity to take his armor, take his sword and, and join it and kind of scoots the dudes out of there. And so it's not so much. She's going to try to save her dad. It's she's going out to prove that she has the ability to defend the empire. And she wants to defend the empire. There you go. That that's kind of her motivation, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, in the sequel. And and or the the live action reimagining, if you will. So 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 that that's kind of the plot. The, at any, the father really doesn't go out to war in this one, which is like okay. And, and much like with the first one, you do get the awkwardness of her having to blend in with the boys and she doesn't bathe. <laughs> it's odd. and 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 that there there is the the um the um there is a a um uh, a relationship with with the with with another member of her of her troop. So so there is that there. That is established. There but there's no singing, there's no songs. As the movie plays, you do hear musical hints of reflection that uh that will be no singing, but you that song does fade into the movie every once in a while, so you get a taste of that score. But does anybody break out in song? No. Sorry. Uh the cast for the live action is pretty good though. I mean, you have Jet Lee in this one as the Emperor which that's pretty cute. Um so you have him Jason Scott Lee is is Bori Khan, the villain if you will, uh, of this. So so you have you know a pretty big Chinese cast and I got to say visually this movie looks great. It the the costuming and and the 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 scenery is gorgeous. They they really nailed it. I mean, it if this is a great to me uh, represent, representation of China, like it, it it's really impressive the amount of work they went to, to do it, and and you do get that 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 conflict of her, just trying to prove herself. Also in this movie, they throw in another character that's new, and it she's kind of like um, a sorceress lady, and and she relates to Mulan. And that in this movie, they view any woman that has magic or can do things as a witch okay and so so there's this one where the sorceress chicky is like trying to appeal them out like you know i, I you know i i can relate you know i'm an outcast because i can do magic if you know they find out you're a girl in the army that you're gonna be an outcast too so there's there's that interesting dynamic oh uh, when it comes to that the action in this is pretty good i mean Keep in mind she doesn't kind of bust out into Mulan until well into the like latter part of the movie, really. Uh, and and but the fights are really good. Like when these are fighting, it's a lot of wire foo. It's a lot of crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of kind of stuff. So that's impressive. I thought the actress who played Mulan in this did a good job. I think uh, Yifei uh, Liu did a good job in this. The apparently the actress who voiced Milan in the anime feature has an cameo in this one briefly, but she's under makeup, and I you blink and you miss it. I don't think I spotted her in this. So, it to you if you can. Uh, much like a lot of these live-action adaptations, and I said this about Aladdin, and I probably said this about A Lion King. It's it's a different movie. Than the first movie, yeah, I, it's like night and day when it when it comes to it. it the the it, the humor is pretty much not there. It's very serious. It's it's a different type of. It's hard to compare it. It's the same type of story, but it's more of this one, even more so, as a, a, a family of tradition and honor, and and it's more culturally based with less humor uh and it and it, it feels like a different movie it it's not a shot by shot remake of the first movie like Lion King no not in the slightest although you do get that whole face in the reflection of the sword moment that that does happen but yeah no it, it's not a shot for shot remake it feels like Aladdin like a completely uh, a separate ed- 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 entity on its own and that's good uh, i i think it's um It's it's a fun movie. I don't know how kid-friendly it is because there's no cutesy-kitty characters in it, so a lot of wee-wee kids... (laughs) I don't know, attention span-wise. I don't know. Uh, The music, the score itself is good. Uh, At the end, which is very interesting, there's a brand new song that's played, and the ending sequence the song is very much like a bond song and the way they do the visualizations for it. it so could have starred the movie and let into it. It's a very James Bond opening with this song. And after that you hear reflections, but you could take that end bit and then plop it at the beginning of the movie. And it's very Bondy. I don't know if they did that purposely, but man, if there's ever like a live action Mulan two, Put that at the start. Honestly, it I don't know, but it's it's a neat touch. And it would have been more even more interesting if it had aired if it'd been theaters at the same time as Bond. Now I only did get the just the movie for this. I didn't get the extras. More than likely that would be courtesy of my wallet down the road, if I do happen to pick it up. Um and it is out on on 4K. So is the original animated feature. And you can get a really nice looking steelbook. If I do pick it up and and, and curse me own the wall sometime and I got some spare cash, I, I, I will probably review it on the show and talk about the extras. But all I got was the movie, and that's all I'm going to talk about on this one. Overall, uh, an interesting adaptation with it. Uh, a little darker, a little more serious, but still a good story of honor and tradition and, and some terrific martial arts and a good score to boot. Just no sing-along stuff. And, and the replacement of, of Cricket as a person, I think still works. Uh, it's, just, it's a shame there's no little animated sidekick character. But it is what it is. So that is my take of Mulan circa 2020, the digital review of that movie. For you guys, courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment.
2: You see who I really am, but you never know me every day. It's as if I play a part. Now I see if I wear a mask, I can fool the world, but I cannot fool my heart. Редактор субтитров А.Семкин I субтитров
1: This episode is Catherine the Great from HBO, courtesy of HBO Home Entertainment and Warner Archive. It's a very interesting show. I, You know, uh, folks, I don't review a lot of historical things on the show. Occasionally, here and there, you know, once in a while. But I'd heard about this, and Helen Mirren is a terrific actress. She last played Queen Victoria as well, so she's kind of... History here of, of performing a lot of historical characters. I mean, what's next, Jonah Ark? I'm, I'm wondering where she's going with this, because she's been playing a lot of historical figures. This is an interesting um, miniseries. It's only in four parts on two DVDs. So each part is about an hour. And Chronicles, you know, Catherine the Great's 34-year reign on the throne of Russia... From the 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 very early days when she took over to her very final days of running the empire, and in a way, this is almost like a, a four part love story, kind of, where it goes over you know just the 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 love affair between herself and the li- leader Gregory Patinkin, played by Jason Clark, and and just her relationships with, with and during this time, also her very messed up relationship with her son. In in this particular series, now this is an HBO movie. It also was produced in part with Sky, and like most HBO things, folks, it, it ain't for the kiddies. <laughs> I will warn you: there is a fair amount. Well, the language isn't too bad, but there, it can get quite violent. There are beheadings, and there are, and there are very much scenes of sexuality and it and nudity, and it's 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 um, it's an adult show. So be forewarned, like with most HBO shows, I tell you guys, not a show to watch in front of the kids. But take that away, it is still a very interesting program. Unfortunately, with this release, no inside looks, no behind-the-scenes, whatever, in this four-disc release. I'm a little disappointed in it when it comes to that. Usually HBO is terrific for behind-the-scenes. These It uh, comes in two discs. It, the The discs are on flippies, so they do stay nice and secure. They're not stacked upon each other, because I really hate stacking. But the show is is a really interesting look. I I didn't know too much. You know, you hear about Catherine the Grape. I didn't know much about her, but this, quite a lesson. She was quite the lady, and, and Mirren really plays a good job. I mean, they did a great job with makeup and aging her. But seeing this woman over, over the, the course of history is, is quite something. And and the costumes, the set design, fantastic in this for a period piece. I know some of those outfits would not be comfortable <laughs> at all. I'm wearing them. And this one thing where they had this I guess this was the thing back then, this weird reverse ball where the women dress up as men, the men dress up as women. And seeing some of these guys in dresses. Whew, is something. The, the, yeah, the as as they said, the heart of this show is a relationship between Catherine and and Gregory the, it it is it is quite that that spans over time i i i love the the, the, the teleplay between the two actors it, it really works in this and 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 for a, mostly a drama drama with a wee bit of violence and it even shows kind of wartime but it's very cinematic which so. It's not bad. Uh, if you're looking for a big kind of super action-y thing, not really. But it is a good period piece and, and I do like Muren's performance in this. She is just terrific. Uh, you know, it's quoted by NBC News, uh, and Mirren is in a regal tour de force. And yeah, I'll concur with that. She She really puts on a performance. It's a shame they didn't make it longer than four episodes, but but you do get a lot with it. And it. if you're interested in history and and not too prudish, this is definitely worth checking out when it comes to a lady that, you know, I think next to Queen Victoria II, good old Liz, uh, had one of the longest reigns uh, in power for a regal female. So a lot of Liz in her comparisons to me in this when it comes to just the the way they command so that is my take of the HBO miniseries Catherine the Great courtesy of HBO Entertainment and Warner Archive
0: man, look in his eye Dead on nothing, but full of pride Look at him go, look at him kick Make you wonder how the other half lives Devil inside Devil inside, devil inside every single one of us a devil inside devil inside devil inside every single one of us a devil inside devil inside, devil inside, devil inside, every single one of us is devil inside. Every single one of us is devil inside, devil inside, devil inside Every single one of us is devil inside, devil inside, devil inside Every single one of us is devil inside, devil inside, devil inside Every single one of us is devil inside
1: digital movie review first episode is new mutants courtesy of walt disney studios home entertainment now as i said at the top of the show this movie i didn't think i would ever get a chance to see this movie got pushed back so many times in theaters from theaters it was crazy it was a amount of playing that's like okay this will eventually come out right and and it finally has been released. This, as I said, too, was the last remnant of the Fox mute, X-Men Mutants movies to be done uh, before it was uh, purchased by Disney. And I, you know, I said I'd heard about this movie for, for weeks and months. And heard it was like, ooh, a, a really dark look at superheroes, much like the movie Brightburn, which I talked about ages ago, where it was like, that movie was like a dark superhero movie where you had a kid who was like, Superboy, but really kinda messed up. This is in the same genre to me. It's kinda like Marvel's take at horror spiral horror. The this, this, the movie sets around these four these group of mutants who who have been kind of banded together and put into the school to because of their emerging powers. Now, of course, New Mutants is based on a comic book that came back quite a few years ago. And, and I was curious to see, like, it's funny with this movie in that it looks like they were tr- Fox was trying to start something, but whether Disney finishes it remains to be seen. So your, your main you, your mutants in this, right from the comics, you have uh, Rain Sinclair, who is basically uh, a werewolf, kind of. But werewolf, not so much... In this version, anyway, as in Lon Chaney, as in kind of twilight can turn into a wolf kind of thing. Uh, played by good old Maisie Williams. So, of course, at this time that they were filming this, was still working in Game of Thrones. <laughs> you also have um, the character of Ileana Rasputin, which was magic in the comics, which is the sister of, of um, Colossus, Piotr Rasputin, which is never mentioned in this movie. Played by Anya Taylor Joy. You then have the character of Sam Guthrie, who is Cannonball in the comics, played by Charlie Heaton. His power is essentially he can propel his body with energy, uh, like Cannonball. And 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 Magics was she could put an armor on and had a cool sword kind of thing. And and Lockheed is in this. The, the the little dragon Lockheed, but you really don't see him until near the end. So they're in this. Then you your other mutants that are kind of being sort of held prisoner here is Danny Moonstar, played by Blue Hunt. And then finally you have Robert DeCosta or Sunspot. Uh, who is played by Henry Zaga. So this is your kids. The the other the only other adult really that's in this main cast is the the woman in charge, Doctor Reyes, played by Alice Braga. It's a very small cast movie and it starts off big. Like the, the space movies has a like a big fuel putting sequence of them shifts to more of this clinical aspect. And and from what I saw in the trailers of this, yeah, this is superhero horror. So these kids, you know, wake up in this facility, and, and the Dr. Reyes says, oh, well, you know, you're just in like a holding stage here because your powers are crazy, and we're going to help you try to get control of them before you move on to the other school, which they, they so hint is Xavier's school. And in this movie, the X-Men are a thing they are you know legit characters so this is still in the same universe from the previous x-movies where yeah the kids know what the x-men they know they exist they they are real characters in this and so dr reyes is basically like okay you know we're just testing you here and then you know you know get the kinks out and then you can go and join you know the other school and uh, but soon on the kids quickly realize that they're not just there as guests. They're they're being held prisoner by Dr. Reyes, and her intentions are less than honorable at this point. And and, and, and it, it gets creepy. There are some generally creepy scenes in this. Not a movie you want to watch late at night. It's very dark in spaces. And this movie, even though there are kind of young kids in it, could give young, young kids nightmares. There are some truly horror elements in this, because um, as, as the movie goes on, we find out Dr. Reyes is, and her pretensions are not that good, and she has a tie with a certain group called the Essex Corporation, and if you know your comics, you know the Essex Corporation is tied into a certain villain called Mr. Sinister, who loves to dabble in mutants and mutant genes. So, the, the coverage Normie, uh, non-comic book person, you're not going to get that reference. And yeah, I thought, what's teased at in this movie? They never go too far with it. I keep on thinking if Fox was still Fox and this had done well in the theaters, then maybe a sequel could have, they would have gone more into that in a second movie. It's a lost, missed opportunity. For the most part, I mean it's it's a bit of a slow burn. <laughs> um, no pun intended with with DaCosta. But in the last half hour goes crazy. This movie really picks up with the effects and like the the, 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 the magic effects are, are just amazing and and it really kicks it in the high gear and then there's a bear. <laughs> At one point with the bear that's it's very Jurassic Park. And Ramblers, you know, you listen to the show long enough. You know, I've gone on record to saying that scene in The Lost World where the T-Rex is in the street and, and meets up with the poor, unfortunate sap. The audio in that combined with the visual, I, I to the I you might think about it. I can't watch that scene. And there's something very similar in this New Mutants. That happens. I wouldn't say what. Uh, but for some reason, maybe it's just the way they mix the audio. Maybe because it was a little bit in darkness. It didn't upset me as much as still today, that Jurassic Park movies. Yeah, so I got it far There are some scenes that, just little kitties, maybe a little dark for them. Just saying. it. I think it served as a good introduction to these to these characters. It would have been great to see a sequel from this. Uh they the, the touch on each of the characters' backstories but briefly. Uh, I think they could have made the movie longer. I agree with some other people and and maybe explored more of those backstories with each of the characters, especially Eliana's ha uh, with 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 the whole Colossus thing. Mm, missed opportunity there. And 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 a lot of the story revolves around Danny Moonstar, because we establish at the start of the movie stuff goes on. And then her powers tie into a lot of what's going on. And, and it really comes into play wow at the end of this movie. So keep that in mind. There's also a love interest between Danny and Rain, which I don't know if that's in the comics, but it, it it's it's there, but what I like about it is it's there, but it's not agenda-based. It's on SJW. It doesn't smack you over the head with it. It just says, look, these people carry each other in this way. And it's, I like it. It's, it's there, but it's not in your face there. And that's pleasant to see. Overall, you know, and again, I only got to see the um, the movie portion of this. It did come out on on physical with extras. If sometime down the road uh, I pick up the 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 movie with extras, I will you know review it courtesy of my wallet tell you what I think of it on Blu-ray and possibly four K and what I think of the extras. But for now, all you get is a movie. I, I think again, a good lot of people. I think it's a it, it was good. I, I liked it as as a super as a super hero horror movie. It had suspense. I I cared for the characters. The ending is just crazy. It the ending of this movie. I man, I wish I could have seen that in the theater in three D. That would have been something. Darn it, missed opportunity there. That that and I think it would have done well for the most part in theaters. Given the chance and not the global, ongoing global bugger that's going on. <laughs> well, if you like X Men and you like something a little dark and you're a fan of the mutants, I think, from what I know of the characters, it does them justice. I would like to see in Rain and maybe more of a werewolfy version of her wolfy form as opposed to, you know, just wolf, wolf version. They hinted at it, but never really went there. And I'm pretty sure this versions of her in the comics, is more lady werewolf than just turned into a wolf. So that's just me. But Maisie's great. I, I, she didn't make me think of her character in Game of Thrones at all. Completely different type of person and power to her acting. Overall, the rest of the kids were great, terrific. And um, we'll see what Disney does with this. We'll see. If, if they do anything with it, or this will be a one and a done. I think potential's there. Just a matter of people actually acting on it. So that is my take of a new, my digital review of New Mutants uh, on digital courtesy of the great folks at Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment. book review for this episode is Marvel Greatest Comics 100 Comics That Built a Universe. First, first, courtesy of the great folks at Penguin Random House. Now, it's a very interesting book. I, I love them. The, the, these book companies do these kind of retrospectives. And this is one like many other, but it really gives you a snapshot of, of comics. And this 256-page book goes from Marvel Comics number one way back in in october 1939 which had the premiere of the submariner and the human torch and back then ramblers you know the human torch was a robot a robot and not johnny storm so that's going way back from there and it goes right up until october 2000 october 2018 we're in 2020 with Avengers 6. Now so that's the time frame where we're happening here. And that's so according to this book, nothing happened in 2019 <laughs> that warranted being special. So or just took this that long to put this book together. I don't know, but that's kind of funny. Now what I love about these kind of retrospective books is it lists each of these comics from you know across the marvel line not only does it list them but it gives you a lot of comic panels and covers from each of these comics so even if you don't own these and some of the silver age stuff man if you own some of this lord almighty especially if they're in mint that's worth a lot of money people so if you don't have these it's a really nice glimpse into, you know, comic book art from the days. And, and you know, these are all panels, rep- repros, right from the comics, especially some of the 60s stuff. You look at how it's gone through over the years, and the evolution of artwork is really something. I mean, and it covers all characters, Spider-Man, X-Men, Avengers, Fantastic Four, and some of these comics... I have actually owned yeah it's, it's kind of cool like I have some of these fantastic fours I do believe um, and and some of the spider-man's um, some of them I, I I know I don't have and there's no way because like the first like one of the ones is, is amazing spider-man 129 from February 1974 the official first appearance of the Punisher that, my friends, is worth some monies. And I do not own that. Oh, and it also was like, the Hulk, like, the first appearance of Wolverine in 181 from November 1974. That was a significant one. Uh, what if from Avengers? The X-Men stuff when it came to the Phoenix saga and the Sentinels, first Punisher. Even Nom, the Nom, coming from 86. So it touches on each of the, the Infinity Gauntlet, uh, it's, it's kind of funny, I love looking through these episode, these issues and seeing some of these comics that I have held in these very hands of mine, like some of the newer ones no, some of the Silver Age stuff, which is worth gobloads of money no, yes, I'm up there and I'm not, okay, I'm older than I sound, but around a few decades, but I just, I did not have access to some of these comics. And I didn't been able to buy them when I was younger. So it's kind of cool. And, and for each entry, you do get a nice write-up about the history, you know, a little bit of history about the comic itself, some of the plot line. And it's really a, a nice inside look into some of the, you know, the milestones, really, in Marvel Comics over the last, you know, Quite, you, know, quite a, you know, quite a few decades. We're talking over 70, almost 80 years worth of comics in here. So I, I really admire, like, the amount of work it, it gets put into these to put these together. Like, the amount of organizing and getting all these panels and putting all this together, that is amazing. Like, you can have Giant Size X-Men number one from 1975, which was a major overhaul of the X Men characters, you have Ghost Rider in here. The uh, of course, Amazing Fantasy 15 from August 1962, the first appearance of Spider Man, which again, if you have that in mint, Lord Mighty, and then the first appearance the appearance of Thor from Journey into Mystery uh, number 83 from August 1962. So yeah, for Cap America, all these you know origins, and the 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 foreword is actually written by Joe Crusada who, if you know your Marvel Comics, this this man was in charge of, you know, he he is, you know, he's the um, current executive vice president and creative director at Marvel and does a fair amount of work in Marvel Comics, his own self. So that's pretty good forward. Overall, if you are a Marvel, you know, fan, this is a book worth picking up. It's a nice little snapshot. I love the cover of this. The cover of it is assorted panels from all the comics that are talked about in this and the actual, and it's, it's slightly embossed, and the tom, top of it, the writing is embossed itself. I love the um, artwork of that. It really, you know, screams, this is a comic book book, and, and that's kind of cool. And it is Definitely worth checking out. If, if you have any kind of Marvel fan, or you are one, and you just want a nice glimpse into some comic book history, uh, the Marvel end of it, I would love to see a DC equivalent of this. Like, Marvel, or DC's greatest comics, 100 comics that have built the universe, DC version. That would be great. I do have some other DC stuff coming in the near future, but more at that at the end of the show. But, yeah, this is, you know, definitely something to check out. It even has the good old first appearance of MJ in this as well, too. Mary Jane. So, yeah, if, if you are a an overall fan of Marvel, this is one to pick up. So that is my take of Marvel. Greatest comics. The 100 comics that built a Universe. Universe. Courtesy of DK Books. Well, that's going to wrap up another edition of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me with a number of ways. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Russ at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me and I'll tweet you back. I always enjoy all the likes and favorites and retweets on Twitter. And if you follow me, I will follow you. I do appreciate it. Feel free, by the way, to tweet me or send me a DM, reach out. I, I love hearing from my audience and I encourage you to do so. <laughs> of course, you can check out all new episodes right here in the talk shoe network. I'm show one, eight, four, one, one. That's where all my new episodes do appear. Also keep in mind with Twitter, any kind of uh, links to new episodes, any artwork, I generally chuck it up on Twitter. And, and check out new episodes here in TalkShoe. Of course, you can check out older episodes on my original home on the internet on Libsyn. Just go to http, full colon, backslash, backslash, ramblingrus, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S, dot Libsyn. That's dot L-A-B-S-Y. And as in November, dot com, That's original home on the internet where I have over six-ish plus years of podcast. Goodness, six to eight going from 2006 right up until around 2013, and then I became more of a regular basis here on TalkShoe. So I hope you check that out. Of course, all new episodes do also appear on Google Play and Spotify and many other world uh, directories across the world wide web, as well as the old show as well. And you'll have to check out all these episodes of the older show in iTunes and podcasts. Just type in Rambled Russell in Podcast e- e- search engine, and you'll find me there as well. So uh, there you go. There I am all over the internet. Uh, if you will. So that is it for today. But there is still more to come. The best is yet to come. The quote old Batman episode. i got lots more to talk about. Coming up in future episodes of the show. Uh, I'll continue my CW catch up. With my season 2 review of Black Lightning that I got on DVD and Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Archive, and I did get season three, and that will be coming as well, but we got to do things in the proper order. Lots to talk about when it comes to Black Lightning season two. Whoa, a whole lot of shaking going on in that show, but for another time. As well, I did get a digital copy of David Copperfield, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Entertainment, so that will be coming your way. That very interesting look at a very classic Dickens character with a new twist, if you will. So that as well, I, I will get out my review of Superman Man of Tomorrow, tomorrow on the, uh, Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Uh, a brand new take on the Man of Steel. <laughs> That's coming up. As well, I, I hopefully I should have a copy soon coming my way, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment of Steven Universe, the complete collection all that TV show which I have never checked out before so I'm very curious to see what that will be uh when it comes to that because I you know I've heard about the show but I've never seen it because it's only one of us so that that is all coming up in uh, next episodes as well uh lots of stuff left over from uh when DK sent to me uh, including the um Star Wars complete. Vehicles, the cross section book. I have not yet talked about that. As well as the DC Comics cover art book, the new edition of that. That is super cool. Uh, as well on the Marvel side, the book of um, Marvel myths and legends, the epic origins of Thor, the Eternals, Black Panther, and the Marvel Universe verse. Uh, that book as well. And maybe uh, in the future, courtesy of my wallet. Uh I did pick up uh, Superman Red Sun on Blu-ray and maybe I'll even throw in a review DVD review of The Jetsons a complete series possibly on DVD also courtesy of my wallet. So that's we'll see time permitted people because I'm a busy dude. On uh, and, and last but certainly not least, I did have an opportunity uh prior to recording this show to catch up with a, a a fantastic director of a brand new series that um, that is uh, from CBC Docs and will be appearing on CBC Gem starting November 27th. That is the movie Fear of Dancing. I had a chance to catch up with the director, Michael Alcock, and we had a terrific discussion uh, about his upcoming movie and, and filming it and all kinds of nice, interesting stuff. I encourage you to listen to that. That is coming up later this week, hopefully uh, time permitted in a Ramble extra along with that. I do have some more stuff. Uh, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount as well that I've yet to get to. And I might throw that in with the Ramble extra as opposed to the next episode. And that is the, uh, movies of, of uh, Dreamland and Jungleland on digital. They did send me copies of those. Check out. So I'll see if I can squeeze one of those either in the next regular episode or an extra. We'll see, time permitting, if we can do that. Uh, that is it for this one big show. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, and like I said, I if it was coming up, I am really trying to bring interviews back to this program. I, I used to be more regular about it. And, and I might try to get some more YouTubers soon, too, because I, I think YouTube is an interesting place, and there's more people I want to talk to with uh, on, on behalf of you folks and get back on the show. So keep in mind, also, um, I may, speaking of YouTube, some content may go up there soon, we'll see, but... I'll talk uh, more about that another time. But slight tease for y'all. I may throw some things on YouTube soon. We'll see. One other note before I close the show. Uh, the um, I, I've got some new people to work with when it comes to PR uh, that, are, that are handling the Sony account. And I, I got to thank the people that I worked with prior with Sony. They were great. Um, but times change. And, and <laughs> the nature of this business, I'm often changing PR firms. Uh, I, I don't know why. It's just, it happens, but that, uh, doesn't mean, th- but thankfully, you know, <laughs> the, the, the Sony will continue just with a different firm, but I, you know, I just want to give a shout out to the people I dealt with before when it came to Sony. Uh, and that was, uh, that Alyssa at, uh, media profile. They were great. I, I, no problems with them whatsoever. Now, I uh, think with Tarot PR is going to be handling all the Sony stuff. And in addition to them, in uh, addition to Sony, they also uh, handle a, a brand new video distribution for never heard of called Well Go USA Entertainment. And there may be some more titles from them coming to this show in the near future because, you know, it's the global pandemic and I'm adapting... <laughs> the best way I can to bring y'all new content. And one other further update. I feel like Colombo today. Uh, I did tease uh, previously about getting my hands across an Xbox Series X and possibly a P5 still in the works. Uh, the way it's looking, I might not get a hold of any of them sent to me if all till closer to holiday season. Right now, the availability is so tight. It ain't looking the greatest, although I may get a hold, hopefully, sooner than that of uh, a, a Surface Pro to try out and review for you guys on the show. That's, again, in the works. So we'll see. I am, as of course, we're approaching the holiday season. I am working on the holiday gift guide, folks. I'm trying to put it together. We'll see what it is. Um, but I, I, I am endeavoring to give you something this year. I just don't know what's going to be yet, but I got a month to work out the kinks. So keep listening. Keep watching Twitter. And and also, uh, I am on Instagram, Rambles Russell Instagram. I still don't know what to do with that yet, but I'm there, so follow me there if you can. All right. That, that's all the updates I can do today. That is it for me. hope you all are stay safe out there, and we'll catch you next time right here on Rambles Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. plus.